Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Okay, I just got to finish swallowing this. <laughs> I'm Pete Mitchell. <laughs> hey, George Planner. <laughs> this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And you're listening to the ever-professional Church Planner Podcast. Indeed. And the reason we're laughing is Pete, right before we start recording, he puts his chocolate chip muffin up to it. And I'm like, dude, is that a chocolate chip muffin? That's like dessert for breakfast. It Remember was Cookie Crisp when you're a kid. My mom never let me. What do you buy mean when I was crisp. a kid? <laughs> That's seriously the best line so far of 2018. <laughs> what do you mean when I was a kid? I can buy Cookie Crisp now every time I want. Oh my gosh, dude! This have has you ever been... had that kind of conversation with your wife? By the way, where she's like, "You can't do that," and you're like. I'm a grown man. She, I can do whatever I want. She hates birthdays and Christmas with me because she knows my line to her is, I'm an adult. If I want something, I go buy it. <laughs> and you know, every time you have to tell somebody you're an adult, you're just showing that you're still five. Like, there's never been a time where I thought you were going to say every time man have- has come out of my mouth and I have not sounded like a child. Never. I thought you were going to say just a uh, rule. I thought you were going to say something like, you know, every time you got to say that, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> <laughs> every time you say that, somewhere in the world, a man is changing his own flat tire. None of this AAA. Church Planner Magazine. That has become my new favorite soundbite. Yes. And just so you know. Just so you know. Never mind. I'm not even going to tell you. I'm going to save it for later. I'm saving it. Okay. I'm right. saving it. All right. Well, we're in smack talk, so I, you know, it's not like we're standing on ceremony. By the way, today's topic 
is how John Wesley. Oh, do we have a Yoda? Do we have do I, do I have an intro into that? Any kind of? I don't of, think we had an intro for what today's topic is. Well, who was yeah, it? Yeah, we used to have Yoda. No, Yoda and, was uh, uh, who it's sponsored by. Yeah, and then we had. Um, well, I know we have Doc Brown. We used to have one. We used to actually. No, that's from when we Stop actually. It. That's when we. Well, actually, I'm going to make it right now. <laughs> today's topic is. Oh, I can say the whole thing. I don't even have Let's that. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. How John Wesley planted churches. He did, and local networks. He built. <laughs> it's all right. I give that a seven or an eight. I wouldn't even go that high, to be frank with you. I really, give that, is that bad? I would rate I that as here. I got new new headphones. I would rate that as the last Jedi. That's that's really how bad that was. <laughs> okay, okay. So you've segued into it. Barry Waters has told me that if I do not confess soon on the podcast, particularly this episode, he he texts me this morning. I get this thing because they're eight hours ahead of us in Europe. He goes, if you don't confess, he goes, first off, I'm very disappointed. I listen to the podcast and I did not hear you confess yet what you've said to me. And if you do not share your secret, I will tell the world your dark secret. So, I have to confess, Pete, I went back and saw the movie again, and it it was better the second time, and it pains me to say that because I still don't like it. <laughs> that was quick. I have been given a sound effect to cut off Peyton Jones. And and it's kind of like a government, you know, cover up. It's kind of relevant. Um, a government cover up that that basically you would know. You would just think my train came by. Like that's the genius of Pete's soundbite. So Travis provided that. I, he should get a raise. I needed to cut you off because you were you were speaking blasphemy, I heresy. Was. Thank you for talking me off the ledge. So I confessed to him. I said, you know, I saw it again. And you're right. Stuff made more sense to me this time. It 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 was a little bit easier of a of a pill to swallow. I'm not quite as angry, but you know, it's kind of like the dark side, Pete. Like it was like I was seduced when I saw it the second time. And and you start because I remember even you said oh, I saw it the second time. It was a little bit better, but you know, I, yeah. It, I also said I fell asleep for two hours of the two and a half hour movie. <laughs> oh, you woke up at the end. I woke up at the end. Minutes. Oh, yes. no wonder. But but the reality is I kind of got more what the guy was trying to pull, and I actually feel that he's tricking us. But I think there's a little bit of trickery. I think all's not as it seems, and everything that we've taken at face value is not what it is. But what I will say is I still think his directorial choices were absolutely wrong for the Star Wars franchise. That I will not repent of. I see more of what he was trying to do, but he was still wrong. So On Barry, my commute to work, I am listening to Church Planner Podcast. I am. <laughs> Those were Pete's birthday presents. You know, Travis uh, is a guy who works for us, and he basically, go, <laughs> he contacted me one morning. He goes, hey, Peyton, I only need three sound bites, um, maybe four if you're feeling inspired. Um, Yoda saying a couple things like this. I sent him like 23 sound bites because once I got going, I'm, I was literally in the car 
I was doing it on Voxer for him, and uh, which is what we use for for uh, Bible Inner Circle. And I'm laughing my butt off in between takes. And then I go back and listen to them, and they sound good on one speed, two speed, three speed, because Yoda's a little squirrely monkey. I mean, he's you know he sounds good fast and slow. Uh, well, before we get into more smack talk, we we didn't do our our lead off sponsor. Welcome, oh. you are. This week's episode of the Church Planter Podcast is brought to you by. Hi, I'm Scott Blair, Church Planter. If you are anything like I used to be, you probably woke up feeling alone and somewhat isolated today, wondering to yourself, why isn't there just one place that I can go to discuss the things I really care about, like bear attacks, Sir Mix-a-Lot, Game of Thrones, and even Christology? Well, I'm here to tell you such a place now exists. This is not make-believe. I would not joke about a thing like this. Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones have created such a place. No, no, no. It's not heaven. They didn't create that. But it's the next best thing. The Bivo Ministry Inner Circle. I love that. It's not heaven. No, no, no. They didn't create that. I would not joke about a thing like that. Uh, which, by the way, you can find all about Bivo Inner Circle by uh, going to BivoInnerCircle.com. Indeed. And if you guys don't listen to our other podcast, Hardcore Church Planting, um, that is our interview podcast where this week in particular, we had a part two of a church planner up in Portland, Oregon, um, who's using business's mission. Oh, it's kind of like a little, you know, trendy little thing to talk about. It was trendy in the first century, which is why I care about it. But, uh, you know, I know that most of you ministers and leaders and pastors out there are trendy little critters. So you like trendy things. So there, there's a little, there's a little trendy treat for you since that's what you're into. Cause next year you'll be into the next trend, but I'm going to throw the first century ones at you as much as I can. So my life was made complete this week. When I got Uh-oh. a Facebook message from, <laughs> <laughs> I love how you start laughing because you know where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> so I get a Facebook message from one of our church planners who uh, I've actually never met face to face. And uh, he, he's in uh, Stanton. And those of you in Southern California know about Stanton, right? It's, it's. It's a place that's uh, it's it's inner city Long Beach, <laughs> just Stanton. It's just, but it's the same. It was thing. the only place I told God I would go in Orange County. Really? Yep. Wow. Stanton needed a church plant bad. Yeah, really, really bad. So, uh, and we've mentioned this particular church plant on the uh, <laughs> on the podcast before because I remember reading on Facebook that they <laughs> they had people who were armed at their church, like. Intentionally armed because of where they're at. So anyway, this pastor reaches out and says, Hey, you know, I, uh, I kind of got a stalker who's, who's got some, some, uh, mental issues and I don't think anything's going to happen, but I just can't be stupid about it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I need to, uh, to pick up a gun <laughs> and I know you're into them. So can you please give me some advice in that moment? I was like, 
<laughs> oh, Little Mermaid. Pete's feet actually left the ground, and the necklace he was wearing started to pull him upwards into the sky. It was very ephemeral. Dude, all I can say is, like, he must have regretted messaging me because he messages, like, this one little paragraph. Hey, you know, used to have a three fifty seven. That's a little bit too much gun for what I need. You know, what would you recommend? And it was like, <laughs> It was like you unloaded at the gun range. It kind of was. And by the way, um, guys, just so you know, this is not a redneck podcast. It's not like, you know, we're over here going America. And, you know, it, 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 I'm not a gun owner at all. So please do not think this is I've got yours. wing <laughs> gun-toting, Bible-thumping. I've, I've got is, your guns for saying, you. Well, one of us on here is sane. That's all I'm saying. One of us on here, I don't want to mention any names, might have a little problem right oh, now. Boy, do I. Boy, do I. Church Planner Podcast uh, audience, I think it's time to do an intervention. Only because the sickness is spreading. Um, what, what's so funny is I'm like, Pete, you have a new ministry. It was so funny. And then I get this email. Did you get the email I sent you? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> There's a guy. Uh, I can't. I'm not going to. Hey, I'm not. I'm not going to say that. There's actually a lot of. Uh, I okay. So, for those of you who've been following the podcast, you've you've heard me talk about this. I've applied for what's called your CCW concealed carry weapons permit. I don't know that I'm going to carry. I'm just kind of just having fun with the whole thing, right? So I applied for it, you know, just for fun of it. And I'm in the uh, the the facility that like teaches you. You got to go through a class here in California and all this other jazz. And this guy is like, yeah, uh, we actually got called in to do this one church. We had to train every pastor on staff. And he goes, they have a lot of staff. And he goes, and they're all carrying now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I think I. So anyway, I this is what I was going to share with you about our, our friend in Stanton. I think what it is, I don't think he really has a stalker. I think he's trying to recruit me to his church plant. It's working. <laughs> That is rad. I'm just kidding. You know what? I got. I gotta say though, um, Beep! church plan is is rad. I didn't necessarily want to say his name, man. I I didn't want to because oh. I don't. I might oh. have to cut that out or beep it or Gosh, something. Hey, like, can you tell me next time? I was I was because deli- <laughs> that's his private issue, man. I don't want to like throw it out there. You know? All right, so. so There's no way to redeem that. Do we have to scrub that out? We have to scrub that. I'm, out. I'm just gonna. I'll beep out his name. I'll be bad as name. Okay, okay, all right. Because I just I didn't I don't want to throw his stuff out there, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, you know. No, I, 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 hey, I got you. We only air our own dirty laundry. <laughs> That's pretty on this much podcast. it. Yeah, but you know, the coolest thing was he moves at the speed of instruction. I told him where to go get it. He he literally down there Dude. that day picked it up. He sends me a picture because in California you got to have something called a. Uh, a firearm safety certificate, which is ridiculous. It's another way the state gets 25 bucks. And he's like, hey, I, I got it. 10 days and I'll have it. You may have just coined for me a phrase that is going to become one of my favorites. Oh, no. He moves at the speed of instruction. Oh, that yeah. is awesome. Oh, that yeah. is a cool term, dude. It is. And that's what you want to do. That, that's like, he, he, you should suck that boy into Bivo. He would be your poster child. That's what it takes, man. I know, right? 
Some That's of these why guys, I'm not in it. Some of these guys it's taken like a year to get them to do it. That's what hey, why do you think I'm not doing that stuff? I'm like, I'm just in here to help you church plant. I'm I'm moving at the speed of instruction on that stuff. Not my thing. <laughs> oh dude, it was awesome. And then I, I, I literally can just imagine how much he probably regretted messaging me because it was I let me put it like this. He leaves me one little message, hey, like to get some advice. I responded with nine full-length paragraphs later. It's like when you go, oh, so what do you think of, like, end times and stuff? (laughs) And then the guy goes, I'm the great Cornholio and Bible prophecy on you. And you're like, dude, shut up, Beavis. You know, it's like a, you know, he unloads like he's had a, you know, crappuccino or something. Uh, I just had to talk about them. You know I had to. A simple yes would have sufficed. Exactly. Yeah. So that that, that was my big story. And uh, hey. Real quick, uh, for those of you that got my email, if you're not on my uh, email sign-up list, I'm on PeytonJones.Ninja. If you sign up there, not only do you get a free ebook, which, by the way, is a preview of my next book coming out, Ninja, but you also get uh, emails that I send to you every week, and it is exclusive content. And this week I asked if people would, um, I don't ask things. In fact, I think in the, in the months that it's been up, um, it's been up for probably about a year now. I think I've only asked like one thing. And that was last week. I just said, Hey, you know, if you're enjoying reaching the unreached, um, would you just tell people about it? So for all of those of you that have been posting quotes and pictures, and you know, I got little memes like Beavis and as John MacArthur called him, his unmentionable friend. Uh, he's on there. He did um, not. He did. I heard him live. That's where I got it from. I have ever since then gotten more joy out of calling him Beavis and his unmentionable friend um, because that's funnier to me. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, what's amazing to me is I've got all these memes, and you know it's funny because I don't I don't make these memes. Everybody else makes the memes on the book. So when you see like someone this week, it, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, I believe it was the gentleman you were speaking of a few, which it will remain nameless uh, for the first time in this podcast since I've been talking. Um, he, he did one on Gilligan's Island, so it's Gilligan and the Skipper. People keep sending these to me. I think because a church is zero and they know my sense of humor. So I'm posting these things and people are making new memes. So if you, uh, if you want to make a meme, um, over gosh, till the end, let's have a meme competition. If you want to make a meme for reaching the unreached and post it, I, and tag me in it on Facebook or Twitter. Um, at the end of the month, we will announce on the podcast who the winner is of the reaching the unreached meme competition. Calm down, diddly, 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 diddly. They did their best. Shoddly, diddly, diddly, diddly. Gotta be nice. Hostility, diddly, diddly, diddly. Oh, hell, diddly, ding, dog, crap. <laughs> Unmentionable. Unmentionable That friend. one and the uh, brother we're out there quote. Ooh, yeah. I gotta remember where I stuck that one. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I need to send you all of those quotes all over again. All See, like I got a whole bunch of them, them in here, and I honestly have no idea what these <laughs> ones are. Like this is this is a classic one. 
Recently, I stopped memorizing scripture and started memorizing passages of Church Zero. <laughs> I read Peyton Jones more than I read Francis Chan. I'm just throwing it oh, out there. Hey, now that one was just wrong. <laughs> you went too far there, Mr. Dan Sams. Apology accepted, Captain Nita. So uh, we should probably actually get into our topic because I got no more smack talk. I was thinking that I could feel that. I could feel it in the force. I could just feel that that's where we were at, um, which is cool. Um, so h- here's what I want to talk about. First off, let me um, kind of tell you guys that uh, if you're not tracking with Exponential, Pete and I are going to be there this year. Um, if you're planning on being at the Exponential Conference, we I will be there. I can't believe Pete and I are going to be there. Like, <laughs> uh, not as a couple or anything. Is that what you're? Is that what? What, what, no, what did I say? It, why am I like the the fact that I am going to be there is hilarious to me. And then when you look at, well, it's a Q and A session. We'll let Pete sit on the stage for a Q and A. You know what's going to happen, right? There's going to be five people in the audience, and I'm going to be like. Yeah, what he just said. Yeah, but at the end, we're going to give them the, uh, you know, the, the, Pete's going to do his magic. He's going to be like, hey, now let me talk to you about, you know, stuff. What are you gonna talk? Yeah, stuff. stuff. Yeah, stuff. So, stuff. Yeah, man. So, <clears throat> um, did, did you get that out so, of your throat before you, you know, you're going to carry on? No. No, I did not. <laughs> so, Church Planner Magazine. So here's the deal. Um, right now, um, Exponential, if you're not paying attention, they're releasing free content every week. Now, I have a love affair with John Wesley. It goes deeper than Pete and I's love affair. I just said that to make you uncomfortable. Um, did it work? No, you can't make me uncomfortable. It stopped working. It's kind of like... Um, there's like a, a a tolerance that builds up around me after a time. It, it first used to always poke the bear, and uh, you know Pete's kind of you don't like it when I say you're homophobic. You're not homophobic, like it's oh, just towards. Well, yeah, me. yeah. I'm sure a lot of people like to hear someone be like, "Hey, you don't like it when I call you homophobic." Yeah, yeah. yeah that's well, and, a and term and of so what I always say is, Pete, it's not when I say that it's not homosexuals. It's just men. Like Pete just doesn't like men. I don't know what you're talking. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't hug me. I don't like to be hugged by women either. It's people I don't like. Like, why is this so difficult for you to understand? Why are you trying to hug me so much that you think I'm the homophobic one? So, so that was just an example of how I poked the bear and uh, just make Pete uncomfortable. So it didn't work the first time. So I I thought Smack Talk was over. It's not over at all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> smack talk is never over on this podcast <laughs> so, <laughs> so okay so back to john wesley and me which is my, the title of my next my next book <laughs> oh that's so funny um sorry you're not like i i i'm cracking myself up over here sorry so john wesley is to me my hero and and it's funny because I was at a, a an event this week and Alan Hirsch was just getting me all excited cuz he was talking about John Wesley just dropping a couple things here and there but um but I've been reading for a few years now I kind of 
I kind of made it a pilgrimage and I'm going to read a bunch of John Wesley books because a good friend of mine, I like to call him my corrupter. Um, when I was a young pasty white reform boy in Lloyd Jones's church, there was a guy there who became like a dad to me and he was a, uh, what you would call a lay preacher on the, what the Welsh called the connection, which is like saying a circuit. Um, because they still have what they would consider the circuits that were set up in Wales, but they call them the connection. So he would go around from chapel to chapel and he would preach. But he was a lay preacher. You know, he was a business owner. He wasn't a, um, he was like the Pete Mitchell of Wales, you know? And, uh, so he, he would go around and he'd preach and we get together and talk and he was very disruptive. He would always, kind of sow these seeds of, well, you know, maybe, maybe you should. So a lot of my first century style thinking goes back to him. He would say, well, now let, let's, let's look at the, the book of Acts. Let's, let's talk about how they did it. Because at that time I was imbibing everything I could from the Westminster confession, from John Calvin, from all this. And the more I did that, um, the more he would push back. He himself was, was reformed. But he would say, you know, remember, reforming always means going back to the first century. And I'm not convinced that the Reformation got there. So he goes, so what I think you need to do is you need to keep reforming. And that just kind of stuck with me. So as I looked, you know, at church history, I've always loved church history. It's something that Pete and I share, um, a love of church history. Pete, in fact, has been saying to me recently that he's just thinking guns are boring and he wants to just devote himself to studying uh, the Christian history of the world. I've also um, given right. up Audible for paperback. <laughs> yes, and the thicker the better, Pete says. But here's the reality is that Pete Mitchell – no, I'm teasing. So actually uh, – so John Wesley was the guy who was the closest thing to the Apostle Paul that we have. And so as we look at him, you know, what I want to talk about today is um, how he uh, planted churches. And there's a free ebook that you can get right now. It's by Winfield Bevins. I will interview him on hardcore church planning. He is the dean of church planning uh, over at Asbury University. Um and it's called Marks of a Movement. It's a free ebook. Like I said, you can go to exponential.com, check it out. What the church today can learn from the Wesleyan revival. So I'm adding this to my research pile for my next book because the next book is about, uh, kind of like, you know, doing what Paul did. And John Wesley was the guy who came the closest. And what makes him really interesting is he was able to do this in another time because you always hear people argue, well, that was the first century and the world was a lot different. And what Wesley did that was unique was he never left the Anglican church. He didn't start a denomination. He inadvertently did. But until his dying day, he said, I will not start another denomination. He was an Anglican minister. He told guys, you need to be an Anglican if you're going to do these certain things. But he was very much into lay preaching. He looked at the scripture and said, I believe ordination should come through the Anglican church, but I also believe that there's this mobile ministry that we see in the New Testament that all of you can do. 
And that was the genius of it. You know, um, a lot of it was just people that didn't have to go to seminary. It was a very empowering movement. Um, and they spread rapidly. So like my buddy, he would be the equivalent of like a modern day, um, circuit rider, so to speak. The difference is he didn't do open, open air preaching and a lot of the stuff that the Methodists did, um, isn't, isn't done. So what Wesley got to do, because he wasn't starting a denomination, was he got to establish certain practices that didn't involve starting a a church. What he inadvertently did was kind of start a network, which is what Paul did. If you look at the Apostle Paul, Paul starts off and he has a network starting in Antioch, going across the Mediterranean. And then when he gets there, so it's kind of like the Mediterranean network, but then when he goes past the um, the Taurus mountain range, he has the Galatian network. So he has an Asia minor network, and he has a Galatian church planting network. Then he plants a bunch of churches in Macedonia. Now he has the Macedonian network. We see the churches uh, like um, Ephesus and the ones planted. That becomes a local network. Um, Rome becomes its own network. So now we're seeing four or five networks. So uh, th- this will kind of all come about in the in the next book, but I'm giving you a little sneak peek here. But local networks were a thing. And so what John Wesley did is he started off in Bristol and he started preaching there. And then he went over to London and he had been in America. He wasn't very well received in America. Um, so he did do a ton of stuff there. But um, Whitfield was kind of like the golden boy over there. Um, and, and they didn't really like Wesley in Wales either. Um, <laughs> Wesley was very disliked in a lot of places. But in in England, he was bigger um, than than a lot of the other guys in the Methodist movement. So Whitfield kind of was really popular in Wales, um, which is why Lloyd Jones's church was, believe it or not, the denomination was called the Welsh Calvinistic Methodists. Um, and people always say, "Wow, there's an oxymoron, Calvinistic Methodists." But that's because Whitfield had started his circuit over there, and that again was called the Connection. Um, and there were different local networks called connections. But what's more important about that is that when John Wesley uh, went and started these um, networks, he would appoint somebody to – so he would go into an area. This is kind of his methodology. He would go in there and he would um, – he was apostolic, so hugely apostolic, mobile. Uh, moved around like Paul, he would go somewhere, he would preach the gospel. He wasn't planting a church, but he would preach the gospel. He would basically say, a lot of you think you're Christians, you're not. And one of the the hallmarks and distinctives of Wesley's preaching, you can go back and see the different messages if you've ever studied the gospel, um, how, you know, like we always think the gospel today, because in the American context, it's you know, um, believe in Jesus, he'll come into your heart, he'll forgive you of all your sins, and you'll go to heaven. That's the gospel we preach. Um, and raise your hand, you know, if, if you if you want a, a piece of that. Um, and that's a very American product. I hate to say it um, that way, but that's an Americanization of the gospel. I'm not saying it's not the gospel. I'm saying it's our flavor of it. Well, when uh, Mark Driscoll came on the scene, he started saying, well, you know, was that? Sorry, that was a cough. 
Right, right. Okay. Because that actually was just legit. It it sounded like I said Mark Dressel, you know, and it wasn't that. No. It was actually it was legitimate cough. It was a cough. I just had to. It, I heard it how the listener might hear it, so I had to say that. But but here's the deal. Um, when Driscoll came on the scene, he was saying, "Hey, look, there's the gospel of um, uh, you know, Jesus will um redeem you. There's the gospel of Jesus will forgive you." And he he kind of pointed out we have a forgiveness based gospel, and then he said. Um, there's also the gospel of Jesus will empower you. Like he will give you victory over it. There's all these different things that you can preach that are part of the centrality of the gospel message. Obviously you're preaching the death and resurrection of Christ, but the way the application that you give it can change. You just can't strip the, the heart and the core out of it. So what Wesley or what Whitfield did is Whit- Whitfield came on. And if you study Whitfield, the the gospel he preached was the new birth. His message of conversion was almost exclusively um, be born again. And so people who had never really heard that preached in a gospel message. I mean, that's that's weird to think that because to an American, that's it. You must be born again. That's like the Americanization. But. Whitfield, that's that's what they were. They were known as conversionists. That was the start of the evangelical movement, that it was a conversion experience that became the hallmark. Now, where that has maybe, um, and I'll get into this, where this has basically made it hard for us um, is we do not disciple nonbelievers. Uh, Matt Fretwell, director of New Breed, did his doctoral dissertation on New Breed church planning, and his whole thing was the way that new breed disciples, it disciples unbelievers into believers. And of course, Pete's been at refuge long beach and he would know that that was a a big part of what I would do. when I drive down to long beach, I didn't just drive there for night meetings that Christians came to. I met with people that came to the church on Sunday. I mean, if you guys aren't meeting with and discipling the non-believers that come through your door, people that you make, you know, I, Good luck with church planning because all you're doing on Sunday is running a show and expecting people to come up and for all the magic to happen then. So what Wesley, you know, what Wesley did is he, he would disciple. We'll, we'll get into this where he would disciple unbelievers. That's a system he set up, but his message of the gospel was not, um, sin and judgment. God, uh, Wesley's message of the gospel was leading a new life and a gospel of empowerment, a gospel of loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul, that God would give you a new heart. And this is why he got, um, it's one of the reasons, but it's one of the, one of the, the hallmarks of when people said he preached sinless perfectionism. And, and over the years, it seemed like he kind of went back and forth. Sometimes he'd say, no, I didn't. And other times he'd say, well, look, read Romans 6 or read this. There is power in the Holy Spirit for you to overcome sin. And so, but what, what his central gospel message was, was not just justification uh, alone. It was also, well, once you're justified by faith um, through grace, 
you have this empowerment to live a new life. There's this new life you can live that you couldn't live before. And that was a hallmark. Um, it, it wasn't just sin. What, what theologians would come to say about Wesley is that he preached a gospel of righteousness, right? Rather than a gospel of, uh, forgiveness of sin. He did preach forgiveness of sin. I mean, he was straight spot on on the, on the, on the death and resurrection of Jesus. He preached the true gospel, but the emphasis was on this newness of life, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And he, of, of course, had had years of trying to please God, um, then found he couldn't do it, then had the spirit rush into his life. Everything changed. And so for him, this was a very, powerful experience it was part of his own testimony and um so what he would do is he would go around preaching that now um as he did he kind of learned to do what paul did and pete i i should pause for a second do you want to talk <laughs> do you want to talk no okay all right i'm sorry brother i'm, I'm just going off i have a way to turn you off I know. I know oh, I, it's taking I, I, over me like the. I was actually just waiting for you to get interesting. You, you hadn't reached that point yet, so I figured it was too early to cut you well, off. I'm, I'm looking at you while I'm talking. And I'm like, I must be boring Pete to tears here. I feel like I'm reading a history book right now. I know, I know, but this has application to us today. And I'm waiting for that. It's coming. Here it comes. You ready? Yeah. So what he did was he he went around preaching. And think of it in terms of your guys' outreach. You know, when you're sharing the gospel, obviously, John Wesley did open air. You're not going to do that, right? Like, you're not going to go into a town, stand in the square and preach in the open air. I've done it. I've done it for, for quite a long time. I did it weekly for about a year uh, with a brother who was super gifted at it. But it's just not going to be the thing unless you want to um, be seen as a crazy person. Um, it's probably not going to be the thing that you do, but, but the point is your outreach. What Wesley did is when he traveled to a, a town, he would preach the gospel and it wasn't the preaching of the gospel that was the secret sauce. It was what he did afterwards. He had a system of discipleship. And what he would do is when he left, he would take people and he would teach them how to have what was called um, a band. And a band was like a small group. Um, I can't remember how big it was. It was something like, you know, 10 to, to 15 people, something dumb like that. And uh, I'm not saying it's dumb. I'm just saying, you know, I can't remember the number, but it was small. And they would meet in a house and they would disciple one another. And they would they would have a set of questions that they would have to go through. And those questions would, would be about their experience with God. It was very personal. Um, it, it depended upon people sharing their testimony, which if you remember, um, testimonies in the Bible are huge. In the book of Acts, Paul gives us testimony three times. I bring this up in church zero, cha-ching, because I say, look, everybody has one. You know, everybody has a testimony. And, uh, I can't use that phrase everybody has because some people don't like there's no body part I can point to and say that everyone has one um, because some people, some people don't have a nose. Some people don't have an ear. That was for your own benefit on that one. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody has a testimony. So the, the reality is that you're I so able, thought you were going to say something else. I heard test. 
And I was like, <laughs> where is this going? <laughs> but everybody has a testimony. I'm just keeping you on your toes to make sure that you're paying attention. Church Planner Magazine. So, so what, what would happen is everybody shared their testimony. And if you've ever been in a church where they share testimonies, it's just kind of like a stimulus for conversion, right? People begin to see how God deals with a soul. And so people would come into these and people would basically be discipled through these groups into believers. And of course, the, the recent church planning talk, um, has been that, Hey, we were called to make disciples, not converts. Um, when you make converts, you end up making consumer Christians. When you make disciples, you end up, uh, basically producing people that make disciples, right? Disciples make disciples. So you end up getting people on mission. They're, 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 you know, these people in these groups, imagine you, you, you begin to understand how God works with the soul. You learn inadvertently how to deal with people and talk to people about the use of their soul. So within, you know, a few decades of Wesley, uh, doing this, the numbers are staggering. 30% of the population considered themselves Methodists. I mean, it was just the most explosive growth movement we'd ever seen in the West. And so when people look at China and they go, well, you know, the, the, the cultural systems that we have in parts of China and this, it's not like that in America. It's not like that in America, but we've seen a movement like this happen in the West. And surprise, surprise, John Wesley was using first century principles because that's the same thing Paul would do. Paul would literally leave elders or people like Timothy or others in the town that once people were getting saved, they would literally continue the gospel work. And that's what Paul needed to happen. So the question that I want to ask today is, have you given thought to what you do with nonbelievers who come through your door? People that hear the gospel do you just expect them to come back the next week? Do you expect them just to, to come through? Um, do you have small groups where people have their souls dealt with, where people can talk and ask questions? That was kind of our structure. You know, we had a, a, a series of groups that, that went on and those would incubate core, as core teams, which also became kind of what Wesley got a lot of heat for was the Anglicans got mad that he had all these um, little small groups in every city in England that he ever gone to because what they said was you're actually creating churches within churches. And Wesley's retort to that was, no, I'm actually uh, creating Christians out of your non-Christian churches. <laughs> he didn't pull any punches. He's like, hey, most of your ministers in the Anglican church aren't saved anyways. I ain't leaving the Anglican church. I'm reforming it. And that's what he saw himself doing. Mm. Pretty cool. He was kind of a hard character. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. so what are your thoughts on that, Pete Mitchell? I just want to know, when did the uh, World of Warcraft take over in his life? Because I understand that was a big motivating factor you got there, for him. Did you? I did. So funny story about that is um, one of the, the, the major dudes in World of Warcraft, um, dude I respect the heck out of. And uh, I know his pastor. And, uh, so I, I gave him a copy of, uh, reaching the unreach and I highlighted that was page 130. I highlighted that page that, uh, when I planted my first church, I got so addicted to rule the Warcraft that, uh, my wife was going, Hey, that's enough. 
and I and I confess it in there because I I had a wrestling match with God, shall we say? And uh, God was like, "You got to surrender this. If you if you want me to work in your life, you got to surrender that." Yeah, he hasn't said that to me about guns. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know what's funny though, Pete is I, you know I'm a big fan that recreation is healthy for a minister. I I think. You know, whatever it is that you like to do, if it's like shooting off guns, if it's, you know, fishing, whatever it is that you relax, you know, doing, I think it's video. I'll, I'll tell people video games were like the secret to me staying in ministry. Mm. I know that sounds weird, but I need a place where I can go because, guys, if you're in ministry, you're morbid all the time. Now, here I am talking about Wesley. Wesley got up at four every morning, right? He rode hundreds of miles. The one guy said by the time his detractors were out of bed, Wesley had already ridden a hundred miles on horseback, preached twice, you know, on and on and on. Like it's, it's crazy what this guy produced. He wrote, <laughs> he wrote an entire school curriculum. He wrote a physician's almanac. He wrote, um, it was called primitive medicine. He wrote the amount of works that John Wesley wrote. And a lot of times he was riding on the back of horses. He had a mobile library, so he'd like just devour books. Wesley was an uncanny human being. He was almost superhuman. I, I think he was part Nephilim. There you go. I'm going to put that in my book. <laughs> oh, Wesley was my Nephilim. gosh. You just said John Wesley was part Nephilim. Yeah. Uh, hey, I mentioned Blizzard, so it's like Diablo. There's I think Nephilim you need to, to back that one up. Yeah, baby. So, And I'm only teasing. It just I say inappropriate things. So uh, I get nervous. I just say things. Whatever comes out, it just (laughs) just happens. The fool speaks all that's in his heart. That is, for obvious reasons, one of my favorite proverbs. Um, But the uh, you know, but but to be honest, like I do, I before I get ready to church plant, I'll feel God saying, "Hey, (laughs) we got to talk about a couple things." And there's always like a little struggle. So like right now, I'm starting to feel like I'm getting ready to plant again. Uh, my house is getting worked on. We'll, we'll start opening our house up in probably in the summer. And, uh, that was our plan last year was to start opening the house up for outreach. We're going to do a reading group around the, 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 the fire pit and with my neighbors. And, um, this year we'll, we'll start something. We don't know what it's going to look like, but we will start doing ministry in our home again. Um, once it gets put back together, it's like a Lego that's been taken apart right now. I have a see-through house. You it's do. Like, I've yeah, seen it's through literally it. a see-through house right now. You can see through in one side of my house. Don't you wish that you would have built two houses? Because you've got a double lot. Well, it, it's funny because I do have a double lot, and we could. We could easily like sell off, like make an instant mill. Yeah. Just be like, boom, you know. You could have no and, mortgage. Uh, but I have a double plot by the beach, so it's like, yeah, no – I have a double plot by the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I want a triple plot now. No, I'm teasing, but you know, it literally like we're just making a house. I'm getting a rat office. It's going to have a fireplace in it. You, you are ha- not. I have to, I have to church plant because otherwise I'll become what I'm not supposed to be in reaching the unreached ching where I talk about, you know, the, the dude who wants to stay in his office. I'm going to have a secret door in it. I really am. It's going to be a bookcase that opens up. Shh. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I'm having that same thing put in my office. Are you serious? Yes. Dude, I but, told you we're twinsies. But you know what's on the other side of mine? Yes, I do. 
<laughs> you know what's going to be on the other side of mine? Uh, Film Studio. <laughs> Jonesy's getting back into YouTube. If you guys have not checked out my YouTube, man, this is like Ad Central today. If you haven't checked out my YouTube channel, it's uh. <laughs> if you haven't Wait, checked out my YouTube, my YouTube channel, channel, it's probably good that you haven't. But yeah, soon. I have 145 subscribers who want to subscribe. Check it out. Um, anyways, it's uh, Church Planning Ninja is the name of my uh, or no, sorry, it's Ninja Church Planner. I should get that right. I'm offended by that term, by the way. Oh, don't sign up for Church Planning Ninjas YouTube. Sign up for Ninja Church Planners. Whew, that was near miss. Someone else. <laughs> This is this is why this works, Pete, because we really don't take ourselves that serious, do we? I don't know, man. This to me, I, you haven't gotten into the meat and potatoes. You've been doing so much history. I, you had to have recently read a book or something. I did, and I'm geeking out. It, the reality is I, I've got a research. You know my okay. research. Probably, okay, right? I need to share this with everyone. I call you earlier in the week, and I inform you, okay, we've got three magazines, Church Planner Magazine and a couple other two. <laughs> That I'm about ready to put a bullet to and kill. Like, literally, just, like, wipe them out, start all over. And so I call Peyton, and I go, Peyton, you know, we can actually start another magazine. It's not going to cost us anything because I can kill off this other one. And what does Peyton say to me? Oh, we can do that books and culture one that died because that's what we want to do. Focus on something that couldn't make it and do it all over again. Wouldn't that be rad, though? No, actually. No, it wouldn't. And I knew that when I said it, but I had to say it, or I would regret not saying it. Should we do a World of Warcraft magazine? Uh, no, you brought that one up to me like six months ago. And <laughs> no, I, was I was like, more than that. It was like two years ago. I was just like, look, I think you can do that, but I have zero interest in World of Warcraft. And Pete once worked at a video like that makes you my coolest friend. You worked at a video game. You guys don't understand. I read a lot of books, but I read books about video game companies and the history of them. I read two, three of them. I read two of those in the last year, and I read the history of Dungeons and Dra- uh, the guy who started Dungeons and Dragons. I don't even know what to say to that. I just so, started Armada <laughs> by Ernest so, Cline, same guy who did Ready Player One. You, oh, was it good? I just started it, and I'm only 10 oh, minutes nice. in. <laughs> nice. Ten it's minutes. not going to be Ready Player One. That's the problem when you when you write a book like that. But, hey, this is not Smack Talk. This is actually the end of the podcast. So, uh, apparently, I didn't get into the meat and potatoes, but uh, I hope hey, that hey, just – Can we yeah. make it a series? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just real quick, to sum up in like 60 seconds – this is kind of the the idea that I think works today that um, we did it in Refuge Long Beach where we had a series of small groups. We called them COGS or missional communities, um, communities of grace. Um, people use different names. Micro churches is another name that's kind of getting big right now. Um, and basically all it was was an incubator for a core team and an incubator for a church planter. We were discipling church planters as if they're leading many congregations and telling them at a certain point, Hey, by the way, that's your core team. Go to, go to, um, uh, San Pedro now. Hey, go to Whittier now. Go to, um, Seal Beach now. Go to, uh, you know, that, that was our, that was our goal, you know, was to have each one, 
become its own church plant. And that's kind of like this series of bands, these little communities that Wesley set up. And then the circuit happens when the apostle, it would be like a guy like me, I was ministering to all of those. I started all of them, but every once in a while I'd go and visit them. And I'd, of course, send my prophetic guy uh, around to all of them to help stimulate and stir up the gifts. And that's, to me, that's just a model that is so stinking powerful. And when we saw ourselves getting together on Sundays, it was for outreach. And I tell people the real church is in, you know, we're a back-to-front church. The real church is happening in homes. And I think people hear that but they don't really understand what I'm saying when I say that, you know, I don't think they really understand the model. And so it's, it's a pretty cool deal, man. And that's all I have to say about that. And I appreciate that. That's all you have to say about that. (laughs) So, uh, Pete, um, obviously, you know, that setting up those type of apostolic, uh, networks, local networks is a busy job. Obviously a guy can't do that. And run all the finances in this church, can he now? Yeah, but you know what's even more important than running the finances in his church? Hmm. Where does his church meet? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked that. That was a segue handoff. (laughs) Well, Pete. That was a segue reversal. There are more places that a church planner can meet in than in a community center or a school or even a park in the open air. Did you know, Pete, that people could actually meet in a, meet, 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 meet in a movie theater? What? <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, it's the thing now. <laughs> Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. Um, yes, Pete. As a matter of fact, uh, people are meeting in movie theater. I don't know why I can't say meeting. People are meeting in movie theaters every Sunday. They're renting movie theater space to have their church in, Pete. And you know where you find out about that? Regal Cinemas has a website called corporateboxoffice.com forward slash theater church. Don't just go type in theater church in there. You have to put T-H-E-A-T-R-E dash church. That's CorporateBoxOffice.com forward slash theater. Remember, that's T-H-E-A-T-R-E dash church. I'm not only the heckler president, I'm also a client. Well, hey, this has been Pete and Peyton Jones, not Pete Jones, Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones, reminding you that if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, You need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, Leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Church Planner Magazine.